First Timothy chapter number one, verse number 15. I'm going to show you what God showed me and then I'm going to touch a little bit of that tonight uh, on, on something and I, I've got something God's given me and touched my heart with. And he said in First Timothy chapter one, verse 15, this is a faithful saying. There's four statements in this verse. This is a faithful saying, comma, that's statement one, and worthy of all acceptation, comma, that's statement number two. Statement number three is that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners with a semicolon, it says. <coughs> and then the fourth statement is, of whom I am chief. Now, I wanted to look at that and I went and picked it up in my concordance and I looked and it said, this is a faithful saying and I thought, well, I'll just label the first message. This is a faithful saying. And I got to looking at those statements and they're in there and I'm going to be preaching those. But I went back and studied a little bit and the Holy Spirit said, what about that is? Or this is? So I looked up, this is, in my concordance, and it said it's mentioned in your Bible in 322 verses. I believe I'm right there. I'm not sure. It's 300 and something, 320 something, or 330 something. I thought that's quite a few. I'll never be able to preach them two words, but I will give you this to think on while you're uh, with me tonight as we look at this. First of all, I want to say this is, is a tremendous phrase. This is a definite thing. If you say something this, whatever it is, it's definite. You got it. And is, it means it's right then. It's not going to be. Didn't say that this was. Didn't say this is or will be. It said this is. So I started looking at this is. And so I studied, I guess, five, six hours yesterday afternoon. Is that right? Somewhere along there. On trying to dig out the two words this is. Finally got them all before I went to bed. And uh, I'm going to, boy, I'll tell you, it's preaching material. Praise God. That may not stir you, but it stirs me. So I want to look at this, and I want to move over to the book of 1 John. Some books have it more than others. And some books don't have that phrase. But for some reason, John, the apostle John, the disciple John, the beloved disciple, the Bible calls him, had a lot to say. Now, I'm not going to the Gospel of John tonight. I'm going to 1 John. And the first place I want to look at, and we're going to tie it together with some of these things tonight, and I don't know as I'll get very far into it, but they, I don't know, it's eight or ten places in the book of 1 John it's mentioned this is. But I want to look at chapter number 2 and verse number 25. And John says this in chapter 2 and verse 25. He said, and... This is the promise. 
that he hath promised us even eternal life. Now that's shouting weather. He said, this is. This is. And he said, this is the promise. I'm glad I've got a promise, my of Savior tonight. This is eternal life. So after reading that, and I may give you some more out of the book of 1 John in a minute, or sometime before we get through, but I want to turn this around. Suppose tonight, I want you to look with me and, and, and think on these things. Suppose tonight that you had one of the greatest businesses of all the world. Suppose that you was the top leader of the world. Nobody had surpassed you and nobody had uh, gotten ahead of you and nobody had gotten any more well known than you are. Nobody has ever rose up to even be near equal to you or equal at all. Do you understand what I'm saying? Suppose you had the biggest business in the world. Suppose tonight it was the most important business of all the world. Suppose tonight that it did more and accomplished more for every person on the face of the earth than any other business. And one day somebody said to you, I want you in my business. Now you see where I'm going? I want to tell you that there's nothing higher, nothing greater, and nothing any more valuable tonight than the church of the living God. Amen. It's the business of the heavenly Father. Amen. No thing or nothing on the earth is ever done for men and women what the church has done and what it's doing. And I'm specifically in this day of grace. But God the Father has owned all the world. He's the greatest. There's nothing higher. There's no government, uh, no country, no person, no preacher, nobody higher than my God. Amen. 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 And suppose tonight he wants you in his service. Can I ask you a question? Do you feel like you're worthy? Are you going to sit by the door tonight and wait for a knock on the door? Uh, don't, don't, get, don't read above me. Amen. You see, I've already been called into the work of God. If you're saved, you've been called into the work of God. And I want you to listen to what I've got to say tonight because I don't reckon I've ever looked at it like this and never have I preached it. What does God want out of you more than anything in the world? What does God demand of you more than anything in the world? What has God done for you more than anything in the world? He sent His Son to die for you that you might be birthed into the family of God. And God wants you to be saved first and foremost. Amen. Nothing greater than being birthed into the family of God. Amen. Oh, preacher, I done done that. Don't shrug it off your shoulders. Amen. I feel so inadequate tonight to stand behind this sacred desk that I'm standing behind. 
I feel so inadequate to open the Word of God and preach from the holy pages of the divine voice and the divine mind and the divine heart of Almighty God who is above me and above you. Amen. Amen. What a joy it is to be able as we sit here tonight and sung songs together. Amen. Maybe you didn't pay any attention to it when I was coming or when we was in the song service, but I was sitting there thinking, and brother, I counted a joy to be able to open a song book and sing. Amen. Amen. If we got where we ought to be tonight, we'd want to sing like a canary for God. Brother, we'd want to lift Him and exalt Him. We wouldn't be worried about whether He's going to miss a note. We'd just be doing them. Hallelujah. Praise God. But let me tell you something. God wants us in His work. First of all, He wants us to be saved. He wants us to be born into His family. And therefore tonight, can I say that the church, and I shouldn't take it lightly, you shouldn't take it lightly, but most of us take the church of the living God to uh, mild. We don't take it down to the fact that it is. There's not an institution on the face of the earth that's got any higher standards nor any higher, uh, I want to tell you, any higher plane in this earth. Amen. You want me to tell you what I get upset at? Is people griping about how they have to live. Don't you think tonight that God Almighty's got a right to tell you how He wants you to live? He's reached down in the pits of hell, picked you up. He's dusted the, the smoke off of you. He's fanned it away. He's took you out as a firebrand out of the burning. He's got all the hot coals off of you and turned the fire out. Saved your soul. Breathe into you spiritual life and give you a life that you never had before. Amen. Wrote your name over in glory. Amen. Saved your mighty. I'm going to tell you your soul. I mean, He's counted it a joy and He's picked you up and made you a new creature in Christ Jesus. Now, why would you want to gripe about how God wants you to live? No church member that's been saved by the grace of God should should ever look at the Word of God in a contrary idea. Now, in our modern day, and brother, I want to tell you the preachers of yesterday... They preach a lot harder or did than I do. I get accused of preaching things hard and mean and all that. And I'm just trying to follow God in the Word of God. Let me just give you a few things. Down through years I've seen this. I'll just give you a few that happened to hear and we'll talk about somewhere else. How about that? I've been down here working for this, in this print shop for a while. And I want to tell you something. Uh, I guess you've seen me when I come to this church. I come in with a suit and a tie Amen. I'm not trying to make you do it. I'm just waiting on you to get the feeling like doing it. When you get to where you want to do it, I'm going to say something happened to you and God got a hold of you. I believe every man ought to go to the house of God with a tie and a suit on they don't have one, get one. Hey, don't wait till you die and they have to hunt one. 
God said, I can't stand. Brother Virgil's told me a lot of times you can't stand that neck or have me like collar around. You get used to it, Virgil. It won't bother you. <laughs> Brother Billy, am I right? Praise God, you've been wearing them for years, ain't you? Wouldn't you feel half naked if you didn't come in the house of God with a towel? Amen. I do too. Brother, I'll tell you, this is a sacred place. This is the work of God. I see some of you now. I ain't having that. I know you won't. That's all right. But if you ever get right with God, I won't have to say a word. Amen. I don't believe the house of God, if you got better, is a place for a pair of blue jeans. You said, preacher, you're trying to get us all fancified. No, I want you to get respectable for the house of God. Amen. I know you don't feel that way, but if I come in the pair of blue jeans and a t-shirt, reckon what you'd think of that? Huh? Well, why is there, Why do you have a different standard from me? Huh? But the preacher don't have a different standard. It's the same book for the same people. Now, this may sound a little mean and terrible to you tonight, but I just thought I'd, I hadn't been on this subject in a long time. And uh, it, it just seemed like it hit good for tonight. This is the promise. Amen. This is the promise that He hath promised us. And uh, so I get to thinking about it. I see these little old fellas standing in these little glass pulpits, plastic pulpits or clear pulpits. And I like a pulpit of wood. And I see these little fellas come out with their Hawaiian shirts on and no tie on and they're just kind of here they go. I'm going to do my little do. And they go through the little motion. And they don't tell everything they ought to tell. Most of them are just wimpy. Some of them means well, I am sure. But somebody needs to set them down and tell them that this is the house of God. If you was going to a coronation of a king, what would you wear? Most of you tonight, if you was going to a wedding, you men would put on something different than what you come to church with sometimes. Now, fellas, you can just get mad at me if you want to, or you can pass it off and don't pay no attention to me. It really don't make no difference, but I do want you to know. And I stand before God. Amen. Yes, sir. So I'm looking at this. And uh, we have uh, our standards. Why would the church have smaller standards and less standards than some of the places in the world? One time we had to have a roof put on this church. And it's leaking. Had a leak right here and leak back yonder. And we had to have a leak fixed and was just put a new roof on it. So what we did is we called some of the roofers and they come around 
and looked and uh, we find, found the one we felt like we ought to get. And I told him, I said, now listen, when you roof that church, your crew, all your men must wear long pants and a shirt. No problem, he said. Excuse me. He said, no problem. Well, there's a roof in that day and I drove up here. And I looked up on the roof and there was a couple of fellers up there half naked. One of them had on short breeches and the other one had on a pair of breeches. Neither one of them had on shirts. Oh, I know it's hot. Amen. And so I stopped and the fellow was is in charge of it. I said, you know, I thought I told you that they'd have to wear clothes on that roof. He said, you did. And he walked out here and he said, hey, 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 get them shirts on. They threw them down on the roof. He made them put them on. Now he may have let them take them off when I left. But I believe in having the standards. We used to have a fellow we hired to cut the grass. Amen. And they got him to cut in the grass and we had paid him for that. And I told him to start with, you can't wear short pants. Is this day for short pants or something? I preached on it this morning and again tonight. But I'm not trying to do that. I'm off you ladies for the time being. That'll help you. But guess what? I had a phone call from one of the members here and said, there's a fellow cutting the grass with shorts on. I don't remember how all that went, but I come up here. I don't know where I did it then or the next time or what. I don't know where I could turn loose at the time, but I come up here. Out there cutting grass and uh, one of the fellows, the fellow that we had hired, I said to, he said, oh, oh, I'm sorry. He said, I just got my brother to help me. I got behind. I said, that's all right. I don't care who you get to help you. But tell him, put on some britches. Yeah. Amen. You said, y'all that way? Yeah. Had a little old fellow one day and he said, I want to come and help you down in the print shop. I said, help yourself. I'll get off of my work at 4 o'clock and I'll come down and work to about 7 or 8 o'clock. And I said, all right, I'll stay over. That's back when I had more energy and a little younger. And I, I stayed here from daylight to dark. Couldn't do that now. But he come up here and uh, come in. And I told him uh, that, uh, you know, how we were dressed and everything. And he paid no attention. Guess what? He started coming up here on his job. They let him work with them short breeches. And when he come here, he stood out there behind the door of his car and changed into the long pants. And I looked at him and I said, you're going to have to change that. I don't want you. That's the same thing. Don't you come up here and change on church property. Now, all my life, I've gone to sing in different places and I've seen the women and the men come in in their outdoor clothes and pull into somewhere. I've gone up to where the inspirations was on the mountain. 
And these groups come in and they all come in dressed like the world. And then they'd have to go change and then come out there and sing. And I'd seen that and when they get up to singing I thought, how in the world Lord are you blessing them? I know you're not in this. I'm telling you, we are in the greatest thing that we've ever been in. We're in the church of the living God. It's a holy thing. Amen. I see some of it unhairlipped a few of you. But that's all right. I want you to know one time before I leave out of this world that there's some things that we need to hold to. Amen. And I've held to those things. So one day I'm working down there and I told him about that and he didn't quit for a little while and he decided he did. He would and he started coming in that way. I guess he stopped at the station somewhere and changed. That's all right. Went on church property. I'll have the same problem here if y'all start coming here and changing in the bathrooms to come to church. Amen. If I don't catch you, you'll be all right. But God sees you. Amen. And so then one day, his wife come up to see him. And she come in down there and she wasn't dressed right. And his kids wasn't dressed right. And I looked at him and he said, uh, I told him, I said, you know, this ain't going to work. He was a very good operator. He knew how to print, print well. He worked in the print company. And I said, you can't do that. We're not going to have a double standard. I'm not going to allow it to happen here and then have a different standard at the church. This is church property. Yeah. So we just, he left. We've given up some good help because of that. We lost some good people that would make good church folks because our standards were too strong and too strict for them. And I found out if you back off a little bit, it'll start getting worse and worse and worse. And I've seen that two or three times. And then you just have to break down and do it again. I spent too much of my time trying to preach for the Lord God trying to handle things like I'm handling tonight. Hey, you could be a shouting it out tonight if you just leave them things alone. Yeah. You said, no, if you'd leave them alone. No, if I left them alone, you'd just get worse. Yeah. I know human flesh. Human flesh is rotten to the core. Amen. Hey, when you're having to do things against what you want to do. Remember, you've got a preacher that has to do things against what he wants to do. What I want to do is not the right thing to do all the time. And I get tempted with that stuff as you do. Understand what I'm saying? But I believe God wants us to be saved. Number one, birth in the family of God. And once we get saved, I believe God wants us to do something else. You see, God will take you and build this church. God will take me and build this church. 
but I can't build it by myself and you can't build it by yourself. And brother, God is going to have to do it. But I'll tell you, God won't put His hand on you when you've got sin in your life. Amen. Suppose tonight you hired yourself a maid. I don't worry any of y'all in here got a maid or not and I don't care. But if you hired yourself a maid and that maid come in smoking cigarettes and a-cussing and telling dirty jokes, how long you think she'd stay in your home? If you didn't smoke and you didn't cuss and you didn't tell a dirty joke, she wouldn't stay long. You said, oh, she cleans real good. She does have her thing good. I know she does. But she brings the filth in there. We're fixing to put new gutters on the church. Y'all know that? Fixing to put new gutters up and down spouts. Since we got all this stuff fixed up, doing a little bit, and got the painting done, and going to do them more books, them boards out yonder, the gutters are full. Of, you know, they, they need new gutters. And... Uh, one of the boys said to me, he said, you think we ought to put up new gutters? I said, get you somebody out here and get them put up. I ain't having nothing to do with it. I, first of all, I, I don't want to get no higher than chopping fodder, no lower than digging taters, and I'm standing flat-footed on the ground. I'm too old for that. Amen. And uh, so... Uh, Dean said, I've got some fellas I'll get. I think, what, you got three? It's give us a price, or two of them give a price, and one has not. And he said, now, when you come up there, remember you've got to wear long pants. A couple of them didn't seem to think, no, okay, that's, that's what you want, that's what you get. But one of them was a preacher, wasn't he? And he didn't go, he, didn't, he just said, okay, but he didn't act like he was so excited about it, didn't he? Huh? Huh? Really? He said, really? Well, that automatically put him to the bottom of the list for me. Amen. Understand what I'm saying? We're on church, bro. You said, well, they're not coming to church. They're not in the church. No. But every time somebody comes in this church and ain't dressed right, 1400 right up 441 and think we're doing that in our church. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Wake up. I'm telling the truth. Amen. Let me tell you something. Let me just lay out two rules here right quick. God has fixed this way that the watchman of the church is the preacher. And the watchman of the home is the husband or the man. Now, God won't change that. And if things go wrong in the church, God's going to hold the preacher responsible. And if the things go wrong in the home, God's going to hold the man responsible. Maybe I'll switch right here. Amen. But I'll keep on going where I was for the time being. I was sitting over there this afternoon and I said, Lord, what would it take 
for you to touch our church and direct it to where you'd be blessed and touched. Let me tell you, somebody said, what we need is the Spirit of God around here. And I say, hallelujah. You want to bring Him in? Amen. I checked around in my pocket this evening. I looked in the cabinet a place or two. And I said, Mr. Spirit, Holy Spirit, where are you? And the Holy Ghost reminds me that He's living in our heart. And it kind of goes back to the maid. If you want to bless the maid and the maid wants to be blessed, they're going to have to follow your rules. You don't have to follow my rules. I didn't write them. But if you want to be blessed at Bible Way Baptist Church, you're going to have to get the place where the Lord can bless you. Well, I'm not out of the book. It's just one of them little hard things to say and one of them little hard things to accept. This church and any other church ought to be the most sacred place in the world. Should be the most holy place in the world. We should have the highest standards that the world has ever thought about having. The men ought to be holy, consecrated, sanctified, set apart, full of God and full of the Holy Ghost. Every woman in this building ought to be saved and sanctified, consecrated, and dedicated, and full of the Holy Ghost. Does it make sense what I'm preaching? It's a little strange and a little different than what I've been doing. And I'm, this is, that's what started all this. This is. And uh, I'm telling you tonight, I need to be holy. You need to be holy. And every one of us in this building needs to be holier than we are. But most of us think we're the holier than we can get. And some of us may be right by saying that because you couldn't get more holy because you're not going to give up anymore. Did you know my mind ought to be the mind of Christ? Did you know your mind should be the mind of Christ? Did you know tonight you ought to be holy as God is holy? Amen. Does that make sense? That means tonight that you think like Him, you walk like Him, you talk like Him, you live like Him, and you become like Him. And I believe in this walk of life, so far is all we can take that because human flesh has its problems and can't, Totally 100% surrender. That's right. I don't care what we do. We're going we're gonna to renege on God. There's things in this book. And ladies, men, 
You know yourself. There are some things you read in your Bible. I don't have to tell you this. You already know this. I'm just going to remind you. There's things you read in your Bible you know you do not do and have no intentions of doing it and then come to church and expect the Holy Ghost to get all over you and help you. So now let me give you, give you the outline that God gave me this afternoon sitting over there and we'll go home. All right? First of all, God wants everyone in our church to be saved. I mean birthed in the family of God. I mean born again. I mean the Lord moved in and the devil moved out. We repented and He forgave. God wants every person in this building, man, woman, boy or girl, whoever you are, He wants you to be saved. And He showed that by sending His Son to the cross of Calvary isn't that what we read a while ago? Paul said, um, you know, he talked about that. This is a faithful saying that Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners. Amen. Of whom I'm chief. We all birthed into the family of God the same way. I didn't get saved one way and you get saved another. And by the way, uh, you may think you're half saved and there's no such a thing. You're either saved or not saved. You're either lost or born again. Amen. And so God has laid that out. He wants us all to be saved. God can't build a church on unsaved people. He's never done it. It takes saved, born again believers to build a church. And if all you've done is joined the church, got baptized, and amen, you, you just picked up a you know, a new walk of life and decides you're going to start doing better and uh, you just turned a leaf in your life and said it's going to change. The wind will come blowing back one day and blow the page back and you're all over again. Amen. God wants you to be saved. The second thing God wants you to do is know Without a doubt that you're saved. He can't build a church on people who is not sure. Some in this building may have gotten saved, birthed into the family of God, but if you was brought down to the uh, realization knowing that you was going to die in the next ten minutes, some of you would even wonder maybe, and would I make it, hope I'll make it, and I know I'm going to go in 10 minutes and there's nothing I can do to stop that. The doctors can't help it. The nurses can't help it. My family can't help it. I'm leaving here. I just hope, I just hope everything's all right. Now if you're like that, God can't build a church with you either. you got to have that assurance to be used. Can you see me going down to the old sinner's house, he's a drunkard, he's on his way to hell, he knows he's on his way to hell, and the Holy Spirit told me to go talk to him, and I come over and I sit down and I talk to him, and I say, hey look, you know you need to come into the knowledge of the Lord and the Savior, and I'm going to come down here and show you how to be saved, don't you think you're, yeah. And then I say to myself, I hope I'm right. <laughs> We've got to trust the Lord Jesus Christ and His shed blood on Calvary. We've got to repent and call upon the Lord. Amen. Oh, I hope I'm right. 
Do you think I'm going to win? No. No. Well, that's where we are in our churches. I imagine tonight, and I'm not trying to pick at nobody. God knows I'm not. I love every single one of you. And if you don't believe that, that's just, that's just tough luck for you. I do love you, and God knows it. I wouldn't preach this to you if I didn't. But some of you wouldn't even know how to talk to somebody about their soul because you're not really sure that you've got the goods. Kind of like me, I couldn't be a car salesman. I'd tell them everything wrong with it. I wouldn't do like a car salesman lie about everything. Oh, this thing, I'd take her to Canada. I'd take her to California. Knowing good and well, he's put bananas in the rear end. Now, some of you modern people don't know nothing about that, but that's what they've done to quieten down the rear end train of the, of the cars way back yonder when they made a racket. Make them smooth, you know. Get them off the lots paid for or out of their hands. Amen. I ain't as stupid as you think I am. Amen. Guess what? God wants you to be saved and He wants you to know that you've been saved. Thirdly, God cannot build a church on somebody that's not steady believers and steady attenders. You just mark it down. You don't go to the house and, hey, suppose I decided today, like this new modern congregation, uh, not churches, but people working on the workforce, I decide I don't want to, want to work today. I always made it good on the jobs. I ain't had but a couple of them. I pastored churches and, and worked at Clark's Familial over here, and that's the only two jobs I've ever had. I've raked leaves and picked peaches and stuff like that a time or two, but I never count that as a regular job. And I worked on them jobs, and I worked up from nothing to something. And it's because I was there when the whistle blowed and I was there when the whistle went back off again. I went to work when I was half sick. I went to work when I was full sick sometime. I went to work when I didn't want to go to work. I worked and worked and worked. And if some of y'all treated and started doing your job like you do your church... Well, preacher, you know my uncle had to come see me. Well, amen. We got room for your uncle. You said, I seen a cousin sitting that's going to come to my house and the only time they can show up is on Sunday and I ain't seen him in 15 years. Praise God, bring him to church. Let all of us meet him. Amen. Had a family... Come down to see me and I was in Doraville. We lived up right down from the railroad tracks. And we gave him an extra bedroom. or We had a bedroom, it wasn't extra. But we moved around and switched. I think I put the boys on the floor or something. I don't remember what I'd done. And give them their bedroom. And there they were. Got up on a Sunday morning. My wife fixed breakfast for them. And, and he looked and he said... Boy, I said, you sleep good? He said, no. 
He said, the train went through every 20 minutes. I said, it did? I didn't even know it was running last night. <laughs> I've been living down the railroad a while. You get used to that. You understand what I'm saying? But he come to church. He didn't sleep good, but he come to church. And I, I, I was determined not to let him sleep while he was there. I'm telling you, you can't build a church on people that's not steady attenders. You said, well, I've got to earn a living. Hey, stop and think about this. What's the greatest job in all the world? Trying to live for God. Amen. And if you've got to sub your living for the church, you're doing the wrong thing. You ought to be the first one in the altar tonight to get that changed. Hey, I learned a long time ago who butters my bread. I learned a long time ago who puts clothes on my back. I learned a long time ago who puts shoes on my feet. I learned a long time ago that God took care of me. I gotta pay my bills, preacher. I come to church every time my doors open and I pay my bills. Yeah, but I don't have a fancy job like you at the church. I'll trade with you any day. I got the same God you got. Preacher, get on something else. I will. You can't build a church on people that's not saved. You can't build a church on people who's not steady attenders. You can't build a church on those who are not surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. These are basic facts and things that you need to know. Suppose my life wasn't surrendered. Why do you think God put Romans 12, 1 and 2 in there? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Why do you think God put that in there? You said he just wanted to torment me. Nope. He wants to use you. You surrender yourself to the Lord. You become a surrendered believer. You surrender yourself to the Word of God and you say, Lord, here I am. I've watched God down through the years bless me and 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 bless me. And And when I feel bad, God makes me feel good. I don't know where you understood what I just said or not. I come to church this morning. I really didn't feel like I should have been here. I slept good last night. The fact is, I slept so good, I wanted to sleep about three more hours. And that's why I felt bad. I sluggish. Got all that out of me. Amen. I'm not sluggish and don't feel bad tonight. But I've seen God do that for me down through the years. And I want to tell you, the best thing to do is get involved in the things of God. 
When I walked in the door at the church this morning, things just begin to happen and change. And I found out I was right where I needed to be. God bless me real good. You said, well, I didn't sleep all night. My wife was living. I slept three hours and one night, about every night for six months, I know. I preached every Sunday to you folks. You understand where I'm coming from? We're in the greatest work there's ever been. I want to tell you tonight, brother, I love my God. He loves me and He blesses me. He's got His hand on me and I don't want to do anything to get His hand off. So preacher's cutting kind of hard. Sometimes them cakes are hard to slice. God can't use you if you're not saved. God can't use you if you don't come steady to the house of God. God can't use you if you're not surrendered. God can't use you if you're not ready to serve. Volunteering to serve. Amen. See, I guess I'm all past... I got about that much of the sermon preached. I guess I'll just go ahead and draw him a sales and quit. Ain't you glad? But remember, I reserve the right to finish. I reserve that right. And I won't tell you when. Amen. Be a surprise. 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 All right. I love you. I love you. Let me give you the rest of the outline. God can't use you if you're not saved, not steady attenders, if you're not surrendered believers, if you're not serving the Lord Jesus, if you're not uh, studiers. I could say studying the Word of God, but I, I like it the country way, studiers. Separated. Amen. Supporting the church with tithes and offerings. Seeking lost souls. If you don't do any of that tonight and you got a no wonder the church will never grow. I hadn't caught myself yet sending out letters to people and saying, hey, we'd like to have you to come over to our church. I believe God builds the church. We don't. Amen. Separated believers. If you're not separated from the world, I'm going to throw this in. I'm quitting. When God went down and got the Israelites out of Egypt, He brought them all out. Egypt's a type of the world. When He went down there and got them through the blood... He brought them all out. He didn't leave a half a dozen of them down in Egypt. He didn't leave a hundred in Egypt. God said, when I save you, I get you out of Egypt. I get the world out of you. I pull you out of the world. And God wants separation from the world from you. Amen. 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 Heads bowed. Father, touch our hearts tonight. Give us, Lord, what we need.
Thank you, Lord, for the liberty you've given us to preach tonight. I pray, God, you might give us an humble heart, a broken heart, a troubled mind. Lord, uh, I pray you touch this crowd tonight. And as you do me many times, I pray, God, speak to us in the night hour. And Lord, let us see we need the touch of God. Lord, we want to be what you want us to be. I believe everybody in this building wants to be what you want them to be. But Lord, help us tonight to pay the price to get there. Lord, we don't want to pay the price. We don't like that price. But we know we must. Give us a liberty, God, to do that tonight. We thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can stand, please.